Hey guys, welcome. It's another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Pinkham. You can find me on all social media at Lee Pinkham and the podcast at Find You Fitness Podcast on Instagram. Today's podcast is a is a unique twist to ones I've done in the past. Basically, what I did for today is I compiled a list. I, I have been compiling this list, I guess, since the start of the podcast. I thought about it then uh, because I really, I yeah, this is a fitness and health podcast, but in reality, I'm just going to talk to you about everything, and I guarantee you that it relates to uh, fitness and health in some aspect. Um, and so basically I compiled this list of like these random thoughts I had. So whenever I had a random thought, I would just log it on in my notes on my phone. And today I finally decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to make an episode about, uh, some of these, some of these notes that I've made because I think they're cool. They're unique. They, they, you know, they really are sort of random. Um, but you know, who knows? Maybe someone out there could provide like more answers to me for me or see something a little differently than I do. So this is some of the shit that really goes on through my head. And, and today I'm going to talk all about it. Uh, at, like uh, unlocking the brain, um, maximizing our potential. And, you know, I might not even talk about some of the others as much to just kind of briefly mention them. Uh, but if you ever wanted to know what it feels like to be <laughs> to be my girlfriend, uh, Hannah, and just listen to me talk about random stuff. This is a good one for you. So uh, enjoy the episode. Remember, guys, if you want to find your fitness sticker, just shoot me a message. I'll get one out to you. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the podcast. I literally have zero mental limitations. I believe there's nothing that I can't do. I know it's a little crazy, but fuck it. I often wonder the capabilities of unlocking our brain. We constantly rise to the level of our surroundings. And even when we think we can't rise any higher, is there potential for more? And if so, which I think there is, where do we cap out or or do we cap out? This is the first of of my many random thoughts that go through my head pretty pretty often. But I I compiled this list and and I'm going to keep it pretty raw. There's a hot chance that this first thought of unlocking the brain is going to go on for a little while, but just hang in there. There's some other fun stuff I've written down too. If this one goes well, you guys are all interested. I'll be sure to do another one when the time is right. Um, like I'm not necessarily talking about when I say unlocking the brain, I'm not necessarily talking about just exercise and performance, but, but really everything, you know, the intelligence of humans is absolutely insane. We know a lot. Of course, we have more access to material now than we did in decades prior because we because of what we have at our fingertips, you know, with things like the Internet and knowledge from, you know, our ancestors and how it's just built upon, you know, years and decades and centuries. Um, But it's amazing how we've continuously found ways to optimize our abilities to do something. And, and we are constantly blowing ourselves away with, with new inventions and, or things that like 15 years ago, we couldn't even imagine it, it was possible. I mean, if you look at things like CD players, you know, many thought they would be, that would be as far as it would go, but it, but it, it didn't in there. And, and definitely, I mean, definitely hasn't is it's look at what we have now. I mean, let's, let's take a, let's take this magnificent piece of technology that you probably have in your hands or that I'm probably plugged up to right now. And this would be considered extremely high tech 20 years ago. I mean, I mean, what's next? You know, how can it possibly become better than this? It, it takes me two so, two seconds to figure something out, to communicate with someone. You know, I literally have everything I want at the snap of my fingertips. 
if I, if I want to learn something or know something or order something or buy something, it's literally all right there. I, Amazon can get to me tomorrow. I mean, it can, I, I ordered something last night on Amazon and it got here this morning. Explain that. I mean, it's just insane. 20 to 30 years ago, you know, 20 to 30 years ago, we wouldn't even have fathomed the technology we have now. What about 20 years from now? That's that's something I wonder. What what about 20 years from now? It's kind of scary. I mean, they probably said that 20 years ago, then it'd be scary. And I think we're doing all right. But 20 years from now, I, I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to continue to advance. But what I'm really getting at is like, where does it stop? Or if it even does stop, you know, like, do we have a cap on, on what is capable or, or do we continue to build and build upon what others have created before us? It's just crazy. It's just crazy to think about. You know, a good example that I can think of is something I learned in, in my chiropractic philosophy and history class from last quarter, which was I just a BS class. But um, for the first 30 years or so of chiropractic work in, in the early 1900s, chiropractors would literally break noses of their patients <laughs> since they would adjust them on the floor and then and, and they'd be laying face down and their nose would, you know, smack the floor and, and break, you know, and nosebleeds and break and all this stuff. You know, that went on for like 30 years until someone was like, you know what? I'm going to build a table. And it's going to have a slot for your nose. And, and, and it took that long to figure out. I feel like if I were, you know, seeing that going on, let's say like right now, I'd be like, you know, don't you guys think there's like a way we can do this without like breaking his nose? Uh, you know, but but for 30 years, they just seem to be like, you know, shrugging it off like, oh, it's just a side effect. Hey, you want to get adjusted? That's cool. But I might break your nose, but I, it, it'll be worth it. <laughs> Does me knowing, you know, something like that, it, it, I don't want it. It doesn't make me smarter than them, but like it makes you wonder, like as far as common sense goes, are you smarter than that? You know? Or is it just like over the years, I've just had a wider variety of experiences that has just made me more knowledgeable, so knowledgeable enough to see that. And while they just haven't been exposed to those experience like, experiences like I have. And, and, and then I want to take that concept and let's, let's go exercise and performance with it. You know, I can always find a way to relate it to that. But th this, this intrigues me a lot too. And I, this probably intrigues me more, to be honest. Um, but what are we really capable of doing with the human body? You, you hear about that guy that broke the four-minute mile, and that was in 1954, I'm pretty sure. Every, everybody said it was impossible. Now, thousands of people have done it. it. It's still really, really hard, but thousands of people have done it. What what made it possible, though? That, that since someone actually did it, we realized that it was actually possible, okay? He, he broke that barrier that separated what was possible versus what is impossible, and, and I relate that to the, the unlocking the brain concept, the, you know, that theory I just kind of mentioned. You know, did he think that sub four was impossible? I feel like he couldn't have let that thought run through his mind. You could say that it'd be hard to run a sub four minute mile, that training for it would be difficult. But to say it's impossible would have you to be counting yourself out before even giving it a shot. We, we talked about, you know, the mindset being a powerful, powerful tool. I truly believe that it's 60% more of the battle. You know, Nowadays, we have a sub two two hour marathon. You know that was not a few months ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he had pacers and all that, but he still ran sub two hours of a marathon. That's a four thirty three mile place. Um, so like basically, uh, one minute and eight seconds, I think, is what that breaks down to for a four hundred meter. 
Uh, so that'd be 106 laps around the track at a 108 pace, or he ran, you know, a mile around the track, which is four laps at a 433 pace, you know, for 26 miles. Like that, that is insane. That, that is so cool. But let, let's, let's look at the logistics. Okay. Let's look at the logistics of this whole thing. You know, we, we're, we're finding ways athletes nowadays, we can dedicate our entire lives to a sport. You know, 15 to 30 years ago, and definitely longer than that, you know, that wasn't possible. You know, we well, we didn't think it was, at least. You know, we had jobs, and we, uh, as if I were there, but, you know, they had jobs and uh, other responsibilities. And, you know, nowadays, athletes have more time to train. There's a larger emphasis on proper programming and nutrition. Uh, that's the thing now, opposed to 30 years ago, uh, when it was, like, more like cutting edge. Um whether it be like science-based improvements, like equipment enhancements or product enhancements, like footwear or aerodynamic clothing, um, you know, keeping the equipment you know max legal while maximizing its uh, its efficiency, you know, it, it's it's something to think about. But how much can it really factor in? And then when you really think about it, like how much further can that go? Like if we 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 don't know it all right now about the body we know a lot we know how to max we don't want to say we know how to maximize proper programming and nutrition nowadays i bet there's still a ton of things left to learn um but like where does that stop and you know there's so many things that sound like oh that's never going to happen in sports but then it gets broken and is it just the fact that someone has opened the gate to let people know that hey this is possible and then everyone starts to believe it sort of like that four minute mile thing um i i think it's a very I think it's a very interesting concept and you know, there's uh there's, there's one thing that one other thing that I, I'll talk about with this, as far as like the nutrition goes, you know, we're, we're even seeing today how, you know, it, we don't know everything. It's not an exact science and, and maybe we're more effective than we are 30 years from 30 years ago, but like, I'm curious to just know where it's all going to go. And that's part of two of my interest with chiropractic care. I, I try to practice it with my, I try to practice it with my own training as well. You know, how can we maximize our potential, our capabilities? And and that's part of why this quote that I use today, it, it drives me to do my best. And if you listen to that quote blindly that I said, it can come off as cocky and arrogant. But when, but when you truly believe that anything is possible with your performance or career goals or whatever, then it is. You just have to believe it. And this is a this is a very true concept. And I'm going to reread that quote one more time to you guys. I literally have zero mental limitations. I believe there's nothing that I can't do. I know it's a little crazy, but fuck it. And I feel like that's the mentality that I try to practice. When I go to the gym and I do a workout, you know, people say like, oh man, like that's not possible. You can't do that. But like, why do you say that? Why, why not believe that you can do everything that you think that you, or that people think you can't do? Why not believe that you can actually have a shot at it? And sure, maybe, maybe you don't, maybe, maybe you really don't have a chance, but the thought that you do, if you just believe in yourself, you know how far that's going to go? You know how much you're going to grow just from the fact that you believe a little bit in yourself? It's just something something to think about, and it's a cool concept. This whole unlocking your brain thing. Um, I'm going to completely go on a different note, but that's kind of the point. It's a random. It's random shit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I 
so is is reading a book I, i'm curious to know what you guys think i'll tell you what i think too but is reading a book the same as listening to it on an audiobook you know like in your car things like that um and and then can you really say that you've read like you know like 30 plus books if you just listen to them all on you know via audiobooks or audible or whatever you know i i'm not against either answer let me just i i i'll be honest with you uh, i like look it's knowledge and you're learning it i think that's what matters uh i listened to over 700 hours of podcasts last year that's what my little spotify thing told me for 2019 i didn't share it because apparently no one wanted to see it um that's what everyone says on social media anyways but <laughs> i listened to that long i mean that if, if that would have been the same format as a book so does that like count for something like you know like as the same as a book yeah i don't know i just often i often wonder that i, I <laughs> I do have to say, though, there is something to be said for actually sitting down and reading a book. You know, I was a huge reader growing up. I, I loved Harry Potter. Uh, I probably read it several times, the whole series, uh, front to back. I haven't read it in years, and even just talking about it makes me want to read it again. Um, I love pretty much every Dan Brown book. Hate on me if you want, but, you know, things like The Da Vinci Code, uh, what is it, Angels and Demons, uh, Deception Point, uh, some other, I'm sure he's got some other ones out there. Uh, I can't, I, but yeah, I've, I've read a lot of those. I love those books. Um, nowadays, I'm more into like self-help and business books. Uh, I've had things like uh, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss is a great book. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I plug David Goggins all the time because his book is freaking awesome. And uh, I, I just recently got a hold of uh, Chase and Excellence by Ben Bergeron. And um, I've been really into that one too lately as well. Um, but yeah, so let me know what you think about that. I, <laughs> I, I don't hate on anyone that's done audiobooks. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to come off as that. Uh, but, you know, we have so many distractions and, like, uh, things that prevent us from, like, reading, actually reading a book. Uh, you know, with our, like, I'm literally sitting in front of three screens right now. Um, uh, four screens, actually. It, there's so many distractions. Like, do you have the ability still to be able to turn it all off and say, okay, I'm just going to stare at this paper for a little bit? I think we do need to get back to that more. Uh, but it's hard, and that makes me sound like an old geezer. Uh, so you might be, you know, telling yourself, okay, boomer, as you listen in to, as you listen to this episode. Uh, but uh, it's just something to think about. I, I don't know. Random thoughts, guys. This is what's going through my head. So here's another one, and it's sort of along the lines of the first one, but it, it's just so good. I want to talk about it. Um, the power of the mind and society. Uh, you know, this is another random thought of mine. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not saying this to, uh, receive your condolences necessarily. I mean, I appreciate them, but I'm not telling you the story because of that. Uh, but recently I had like my, my grandfather, he passed away. He was 80 years old. He had an accident and, uh, he was in the ICU, the intensive care unit for, for, uh, for a few weeks before he was released. Uh, to pretty much live out the rest of his life in, in his home while he still could. And you know, now there's there's one thing to understand about where I'm from. Uh, it's a very it's it's a it's a small town in, in eastern North Carolina. And if you don't know anything about North Carolina, when you pretty much get east of Raleigh, there's really not much out there. Uh, there's like a big city would be considered like Greenville, uh, which is where East Carolina University is, and they may have like I don't know what they're at, probably a hundred thousand, maybe maybe more than a hundred thousand people in Greenville right now, which is nothing compared to a lot of places. Uh, but that's a big city for us. And, you know, where I'm from, which is a little, little bit further East of that, you know, my entire family has, uh, lived and my grandpa, he has lived literally in the same piece of land, 
uh, probably his entire life. And at least I know he's lived there for the past probably like 50 years. Okay. And it's just right down the road from my house. It's a quarter mile down the road. He is someone that is very much of routine. Um, he likes to do what he does. And you know, he chooses tobacco. He drives to town. He goes to bed at 530 in the afternoon. Uh, he lives his life the way that he likes to live it. And when he had this accident, he wasn't very coherent. And he was stuck in the hospital because of his, his injuries. And um, he was struggling to remember things. And uh, the doctors saw that he was declining. And they would tell basically his son and, and you know my dad that um, we don't really think there's much we can do for him. Uh, he's got this issue and that issue going on. And there's not really much we can do. And the, what, what my parents and, and my uncle wanted to do was to get him, get him back home. Just, he wants to be back home. Let's get him back home. Well, at first, you know, the doctor's like hesitant. They're like, well, we can help him here. You know, we can help him the best we can. And he, you know, from their perspective, he's thinking, okay, well, you know, to, to maximize his life, if he stays here. Is gonna, that's what's going to be, be what's best for him. And after a while, once they started to realize that they, you know, they really couldn't, he wasn't going to heal completely. Um, they said, you know what, like, you know, they made that aware or, uh, with, with my family and, and my uncle and stuff. And, uh, <clears throat> they said, you know, basically you can go back home and he can live his life. Well, they took him back home and he was pretty much uh, bedridden for, you know, a few weeks, but the, what is so amazing about this is that while he was at his house and he was back into his life, no, he wasn't like, you know, he, uh, <laughs> he was chewing tobacco after a few weeks, but, um, it's just, he wanted what he wanted and this was his routine. This was his life. He didn't want to be cooped up in a hospital. He wanted, even if it would be laying in his bed in his house and not receiving all the care that he was before, that's what he wanted. That's what, that's what he's been so used to. That's what, that's how he has lived his life. And that's what makes him happy. And so when he was back in that situation, he actually started to get better. And he actually got to a point where he was walking around the house. He was moving. He was, I mean, he wasn't like, doing anything crazy. He wasn't before either, but he was, he was being active and they had a nurse come and check in on him maybe once a week and, you know, check his vitals and, uh, just check up on him. And, uh, you know, when my aunt and uncle, they, they told him, Hey, uh, he's, um, he's walking like, you know, assisted, but he's walking. And the nurse was like, there's absolutely no way he's walking. And well, you can say that, but I, I was walking with him this morning and, um, the doctor didn't believe it. The doctor took a day off of work and drove all the way. He was like 40, 35 minutes away to see it. And he was moving. He wasn't super coherent, but he, he knew where he was. He knew, uh, the people around him, this close people. And, um, it, it just goes to show the power, the power of the mind and the power of like, you know, when we're in a place where we want to be, where we're happy, um, that can dictate so much for our lives and what we can do and uh, how we live our lives. And, you know, you know, unfortunately he did pass away, but, and, and this is kind of scary, but you know what he wanted to do when he kind of got coherent enough? He wanted to drive. 
he wanted to chew tobacco. And, you know, where I'm from, drive down the road, it's not going to be the end of the world, okay? Maybe it's not the safest thing to do, but it's going to happen. So he, But he did that. He would drive to town. And he would do his thing, you know, weeks after having a terrible injury and was being, co- and he wasn't even, he was incoherent. It was, it, it was amazing. Um, but it, it, that's just kind of the story I wanted to go with on that one. But the, the mind is so powerful and I can relate this to the gym if I want to, but you know, if you believe that you can do something or you believe that this is what you need, um, trust it. You know, it's so easy to cloud that that judgment and, and that belief in ourselves that we can we can accomplish what you know, even if it's daunting or if it's unrealistic or um, whatnot. But if someone comes in and tells you that it's not possible, you know, or that you're not going to be able to do this, it it does hurt. But if you can say to yourself, "No, I believe in myself," and yeah, that can be and that can sound stubborn and and, and arrogant and 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 stupid and, and and unreasonable. But like, if you believe, if you believe in yourself, you can do it. And it's just it's just a, amazing to to see that and to and to believe in the power of the mind and and how capable we actually are and how we don't even understand like how as smart as 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 much as we figured out about you know the body and its capabilities there's still so many things that there literally are miracles and it's awesome so. Uh, that's not meant to be a somber note. It's meant to be more of an educational note um, and just kind of a learning note. And if you have any insight on that, I'd love to hear it. The The last one I have for you guys, you know, I know we should endure failure to grow, right? Okay. That's like a common thing. Well, you have to fail to succeed. All right. How many superstars do we know that haven't failed and they were perfect in everything from the start? Probably none. Probably everybody you know has that you see on TV that's a superstar that have achieved and accomplished something have failed at some point during their journey. So my point is, shouldn't we not try to be perfect? Like, shouldn't we like look for the failure? Skip, skip back a little bit if you have to like kind of re-understand what I'm saying here. Um, but it, it's pretty well known that we learn from our mistakes. It, it's pretty well known that most are afraid to make these mistakes in the first place. But has anyone succeeded greatly without making mistakes along the way? And they've just been perfect during their journey? I really don't think it's possible. I really think that if we want to, you know, grow and become better, we have to fail. And and, and like I said, if you can go through, you know, your journey and not fail, I'm not talking about class or shit like that. I mean, if you failed in a learning opportunity, you know, you you that's actually where you grew, you, you learned something out of it. Sure. You didn't achieve what you had to achieve or are supposed where you're supposed to achieve. Maybe that was the point though. Maybe the point was there's a learning lesson to be something to be learned out of that situation that you were in, you know? And, and I think that that is what's so beautiful about having, if you have that mindset and if you start to see things that way, like, well, shit, if I really want to get good at this, I, I need to put myself in a situation where I don't know if I'll be able to hang on and I might fail because it, when you do fail, you'd be like, man, I, like I was not good at that, but I sure as hell did learn something from it. I, I think that's what's great. I think that's what's amazing. And uh, that, that's going to kind of wrap up today's episode. If you guys enjoyed it um, and you want to see me do another one of these, let me know. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode. Uh, please, 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 please take 30 seconds to leave the show a five-star review. 
Uh, if you leave it a five-star review, it helps other people find the show, hear about the show. It helps promote the show um, to everyone out there in the whole podcasting world. And that's where the most people listen to the podcast is in the podcasting world. So uh, if, if you're an outsider, you're not a really big podcaster, uh, get on get on podcasts. Go search for some awesome. There's some awesome podcasts out there. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Mind Pump. Uh, best hour by a uh, best hour of their day by Jason Ackerman, who's an old coach of my gym. is another great podcaster. Um, just get more exposed. Uh, get out there, listen to more podcasts. And when you do, and you become an expert listener, you can give me more advice on what you'd like for me to do to become a better podcaster. So uh, leave the show a five star review. It takes only like thirty seconds to do, and I, I know that's hard to do. I struggle to do it too. I, I, we talked about this, but help me out, guys. Uh, love you guys at all. Love you all. I uh, appreciate you all. See you next time.